Hi everybody, I'm Jeff Dodge and this is the Peasant Revolution Band Variety Hour and uh, this one goes out to Chuck. Street. I shouted to the driver, I even thought to leave 
right back. Thank you for joining us. Um, I'm going to uh, try and uh, get these distractions turned around and see if I can. Uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whew. That was, of course, our uh, our tribute to um, Chuck Barris, who recently passed away. Um, the uh, I can't believe he was behind so I, many I, songs. My ding-a-ling. I don't know if. You're 100% accurate on that there, Jeff. Chuck I, Barris, the ding-a-ling, my ding-a-ling. Was, was that Chuck Barris? Chuck, it was Chuck Berry. Berry. Right. What would Barris do? Oh, gang, bang a gong, bang a gong, bang a gong, gong show, gong show. Gong show is Barris. Barry wrote those ding-a-ling. Right. And, and that uh, wonderful medley that we had there. Uh, sorry for the confusion. Oh no, that's okay. There's just yeah. so much death lately. I just want to be as accurate as possible here. Very confusing. I and it's important because the internet is is about accuracy these days. I mean, it's very oh, it sure important. Is. To get, everyone is trying to be as accurate as they can, and and so are we. So, in the spirit of that, um, wasn't he arrested for the Man Act at one point? What the the Man Act? No, I think you. But that's not Chuck Barris. Okay. I'm still thinking of Barris. Right. Well, no, um, I mean, because he also had a very successful basketball career and actually came from OSU. Oh. No, no, that's uh, that's Rick Barry. Oh, that's Rick Barry. You know, Rick Barry. ended up owning a piece of Bob's Burger Express, which we were You're talking kidding. about. Earlier. So no, he worked yeah. for Rick Barry in an offhanded way. In a way, well, yeah, he was out of the partnership by then, but... Uh, well, the uh, the Love family is is a Portland regulars. They uh, well, uh, there's there's Mike Love of the mm -hmm. Beach Boys, right? Had a brother named Stan Love that I've met. He oh. played for the Ducks basketball. Oh, I didn't know in that. In a brief okay. little uh, mid seventies NBA career. Some very excellent people. It and like. he has a son named Kevin Love. So okay, the Loves. No, uh, they're not connected to uh, Matt Love over on the coast. I hope. No, no, I, I don't. Well, I don't know. I don't oh, okay. know. All the Oregon stuff. Right, right. I guess that's that possibility, although it seems like Matt would have name-dropped that. You know what I'm talking about, right? The, oh, the I author, do. Yeah. Uh, the author, um, it, it reminds me of the Chuck Berry days, though. Right. Because there was so much of that going on with that. Uh, you had mentioned the Man Act. Like, again, yeah, he, like, ran off with his, with Jerry Lewis's cousin, Jerry Lee Lewis, or... Was that Jerry Lewis ran with Jerry Lee Lewis's cousin? No, I don't think that was quite it the case. They were in slightly different circles, I think. Uh, those guys uh, party. Those guys used to party in the I 50s. Know. You I know? Uh, Big Bopper. I didn't know the Big Bopper himself. Wow. 
Buddy Holly. Okay. Buddy Holly and uh, Little I, Richard. I knew Buddy they Holly. used to party. Yeah. They used to party. Sketchy okay. things, except of course for the king. The king of rock and roll did not party. Elvis was very, very straight. Elvis. The Is king. that true? Yeah. Oh man, he was like in the military. You know, all these guys were doing their thing, flying around. You know, really hitting okay. roller rinks and God knows what in the roller rinks. He got Elvis serving his country, being a good man. And I, yeah, I refuse to believe those rumors about him with the. Uh, you know, the commanding yeah, yeah. officer's daughter. That's just fake what? news. Is that that's true? Fake is that fake? Okay. Fake yeah, news. Like he would, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, the 50s, man. That's uh, that's good old America. That's yeah, the great America. It was a good America, heck of a time, America. unless you're female or non-white. Well, actually, unless you were a lot of things. There's a lot of things you yeah. couldn't be back then. Even a white white male homosexual wasn't doing too good at that point. And if so. he was poor, even worse, you know? Right. Although, I yeah. For this very small sliver of Americans, it was a great time. Well, those, and it, those that are forever, you know, uh, encapsulated by those television shows yes, of the time. Perry Como and, yeah. uh, you know, uh, your show of shows. I was just thinking of, like, Leave it to Beaver and so forth. Yeah. Right, right. John Forsyth, Falcon's Crest, things like that. Sure. Well, anyway, uh, I just wanted to move along here um, and say that they're probably having a heck of a jam session up there in the astral planes or whatever you may believe in. We're open right. to all and no religion. Yeah, except if the Christians are true, they probably got some shitty gear for that jam. Well, so. Probably like Carvin or something. Huh? <laughs> uh, but they're all on Carvin. But, yeah. you know, it should be a pretty good jam because Paul McCartney and Keith Richards are still here. So. Right. Or so we're told. Anyway, uh, so Chuck, say hi to Zappa and Andy for us. And, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited to, to move us along. We have uh, an action-packed show today. We have uh, a, a, a couple of guests, a couple of wonderful, talented guests. Um, my first one has already joined us on the couch. I'd like to uh, bring along our resident herpetologist... Rana is here. Thank you. Hi. Thank you so much for coming in to the Peasant Revolution Band Variety Hour. I'm enjoying it. Good. Good. I did. Uh, did was there anything about herpetology that you could tell me, um, maybe in how it relates to Chuck Berry or? Well, Chuck Berry can jump, kind of. Okay. Like a frog. A frog walk. Yeah, sort of like a backwards. I never saw him do that one, but it would have been amazing, like a, like a ribbit thing. Yeah. Well, I, I jest, I jest. So, Rana, tell me about your organization and who you're with representing. Uh, well, um, since my name is Rana, and that, in a different spelling, means frog in Spanish, uh, I sort of feel like. I'm kind of a frog in human form. So, uh... Wait, now, wait, 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 because you say that. Is there, like, a, an impulse that, of... Well, I guess I just... You know, when you look at the face of a frog, like, I brought some pictures tonight. And, I mean, I... Well, this is getting off... Off my, uh... Beaten path here. But this is... This is... When you look at that face... When you look at that face... Oh, yeah. Can we get a shot you, of... Oh, look at that. How could you not love this frog? It's an English frog. This is a frog from the okay. UK. Okay. I can like tell. It's like our red-legged frog. It's another Rana Aurora from the UK. Wait, do you have some... What is the difference between a UK frog and, like, an American frog? Well, our, our Rana Aurora um, has red legs. Aurora is red and Rana is frog. So you can see the red legs here. He's That's an American frog. Kicking back. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Red-legged. <laughs> Red-legged. He looks, you know, the, the English frog looked so much more productive. Right, and he had his mouth open. I don't know why. Um, well, so... He it, probably has an accent. Or amphibians means they can kind of re reproduce themselves, right, on their own? Is um, that how that works? No, they, oh. the reason we escort them across Highway 30 so they don't get hit by cars is so they can go down to the pond and mate. And here's a picture of them mating. You can't really oh, see can we show that on the internet? I wish. That might be. I don't. I guess YouTube's kind of doing some oh. new things. No, it's it's G-rated. Okay. Yeah. 
And then they, you know, this is this is what's called a protomorph. That's their awkward. Like, oh, okay. Stage. Well, maybe this is what I'm thinking. So it's the, the the between stages. Right, right. That's like seventh and eighth grade for people. Um, and yeah, so we that's so they can go down the pond, mate, mm -hmm. and then we put them back in the car and drive them up the hill. Um, some Rana Aurora travel up to a thousand. Uh, feet to mate wow. and so we drive them across the road and right put them back in the forest off the old st helens highway 30 there That's right. right yeah mm -hmm. so are you in the town of linton in that area of that, just or? just past the town okay on harberton road marina oh, way i know where that is I, yeah. I grew up out in them parts and uh, i used to play basketball at the linton community center oh was there by myself was that their, by my no one their, would play um, with me mascot the uh, the I mean, Linton, the Frogs? Basketball team. The Linton Frogs? Ah, no, this was just a community center. And, and, you know, my parents would, like, they wouldn't pick us up after school, you know? So we'd just, like, have to find things to do. I, Did you ever catch frogs? I was a... I was a I, okay, see, this is one of the things I was wondering about. There's this, like, rumor that warts. You get warts if you catch a frog or something. Oh. No, that's just a stereotype, right? That's you, true. Yeah. You will get warts. No, it's true that it is a stereotype. Okay, okay. If you, if you lick certain types of frog, you will... Um, Hallucinate? Right, right. Okay. Cane toads. Right, all, right. All toads are frogs, but all frogs are not toads. Now, I, I have to say, you know, mating was extremely hard in seventh grade for me. <laughs> so a frog, how does he get through this awkward phase into his or her adult form? You know, I don't know how long they have to um, suffer as a protomorph, but I think it's just like a few days. Protomorph. I like that. I think I got stuck. That's like almost an arrested development if you were an adult protomorph. Right. Right. Yeah. But now uh, there's uh, uh, there's some This is an actual volunteer organization then. That's there, right. Friends uh, of Forest Park. Friends of Forest Park. Um, the Highway Thirty component of yes, helping helping uh, our little amphibious the friends. Harberton Frog Shuttle. I've got on my Harberton, Harberton Frog, Frog Shuttle. Shuttle. Sure. We're we're gonna put a link to to that when we uh, get this all tidied up and ready. But we will have a link soon for that. Okay. Yes. Well. Well. Thank you so much, Rana. Is there anything else you would like to add or? Um, long, long live the red leg. Um, it's, it's well, I don't remember seeing that guy. What is that guy? The, oh, this one. This one was hand raised by a guy. It, it, it lived, um, he raised it from a tadpole stage and it lived for 10 years. No kidding. Yeah. That's, oh, that's longer than rabbits. Yeah. The, so the American frog is the, lazy, but will live a long time. That's right. That's, that that's seems about right. right. That that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. We're gonna um, we're gonna take a commercial break real quick here. But uh, uh, thank you very much, Rana. If you would maybe you come back, uh, we're gonna have our our uh, resident comedian join us in the next bit here. But uh, if you could stay for the audience. Oh, I'd love to. I'll probably invite Jamila out here for that, and we're gonna come right back in just a second here. Allie Rheingold is with us. Thank you. I'm Danny Batch. Of Basher's Towing. I took over the business when my husband was killed by a drunk driver in a work-related accident. Thanks, Budweiser. I'm here to tell you we're the best in the business. We'll tow your ride so you can get it fixed and get your life back. Basher's Towing will hook you up. this over here if that's cool thank you um 
Cool. This is so fun. <laughs> First of all, I love that this drum is a suitcase. This drum is just a suitcase. That's hilarious to me. Um, <laughs> well, I want to start by just uh, telling you guys a little bit about myself and kind of where I came from. Um, I've lived in Portland for a while, but I didn't grow up here originally. I um, grew up in a small, fairly conservative town in rural Pennsylvania. Um, and I was a smart kid growing up, so already you should be feeling sorry for me. Because if you didn't know, a lot of people in rural towns aren't super gung-ho about um, knowledge. You know, they, uh, they don't want the liberals to ruin their party with their fact-based science. So this was a town where we would get days off of school for the beginning of hunting season. Yeah, that's true. So uh, the homework would be like chapter 12 in your algebra textbook and smear the blood of an innocent doe on your face and feel the glory of the gun. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was reading Barbara Kingsolver at age 11 and getting very excited to do the cryptic crosswords in my dad's games magazine. So I was doomed. I was this skinny little gifted kid, and I went through puberty kind of on the later side, but I was already young for my grade, so I was that much more behind everybody else in terms of boobs. So all the other girls had already become, you know, bitches. <laughs> and there I was, learning my past participles with the same gusto that the popular girl was masturbating with a broom. Or so we heard, that was the rumor. And then... In the eighth grade, I decided to get my hair cut short, like really short, and my mom let me because she is a horrible person. Uh, eighth grade, of course, being the most important time of your life to have long hair if you were a girl and want to conform to the gender and heteronormative culture of middle school, which of course you do. Conformity is the name of the game when you're 13, right? The name of the game is not interesting differences. No. <laughs> uh, and I should point out, this haircut was not me trying to like come out or rebel or make a statement. No, none of that. Pretty sure I genuinely thought, hey, you know what would look good? The haircut of a pubescent Jewish boy right here on top of my head. Yeah, just a short curly mop will definitely make Charlie Weaver ask me to dance at the activity night. <laughs> Alas, he did not. <laughs> In fact, Charlie Weaver would go on to impregnate the broom masturbator several years out of high school. <laughs> That's absolutely true. <laughs> so I guess I dodged a baby on that one, which is... Fine, actually, that's pretty okay. Uh, I've been dodging babies and boyfriends ever since. Um, that's true. I actually, I am single. I've been single forever, and that's fine, actually. It's fine with me. I've recently realized that I don't need to date. I don't need to because I get my emotional support from my friends and family, and I get unconditional love and cuddles from my cat, Terwilliger Van Buren, and I get myself off. So why would I seek out inevitable heartbreak? Don't need it. No, thanks. Uh, but more importantly, it's a time saver, right? Because like dating takes time and I'm very busy. So like if I give up on dating, that's time in the bank, which is important because like I recently started watching Cheers on Netflix. <laughs> Did you know there are 11 seasons of Cheers? 11 seasons. I don't have time to date and watch Cheers. I simply don't. <coughs> and it is not a Sophie's choice. <laughs> Cheers, hands down. Uh, but yeah, it's okay. Being single is all right. I um, honestly, like the times I've been with guys haven't even <laughs> been that great. Like I'll give you an example of an interaction I've had. Uh, <laughs> this happened once. I was, I was hooking up with this guy one time. And he was doing some things, and uh, at one point he exclaimed rather angrily, he said, Why won't you come? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said that. I was like, 
Where does to test your patience, my child? <laughs> you must pass this test of endurance before you can enter the secret cave. Just kidding, I didn't say that. That would be weird, right? <laughs> didn't say that. But it was funny to me how angry he was, right? Like, why won't you come? As if it were my fault. As if I had the ability to come at any point, but was withholding my orgasm just to spite him. Like, oh, I could, <laughs> but I won't. He was like someone who paints a picture, and then they're like, why doesn't this look like a cloud? It's like, well, because you painted it orange and green at the bottom of the canvas, and you made it all angular. Like, that's not how you paint a cloud. Maybe next time, use gentler strokes. <laughs> Make some more circular motions with your brush. <laughs> a little bit higher up on the canvas, you know what I mean? Why doesn't it look like a cloud? Because that's how you painted it, you dumb shit. Maybe you suck at painting. <laughs> so I usually have to paint my own clouds. And that works out pretty well for me. That's a thinker. It's a metaphor, you guys. It's a metaphor. <laughs> oh, man. Um, anyway, I do... Uh, <laughs> you've heard my origin story, but I do have lived in Portland now for a while, about eight and a half years, and... Um, I consider myself a good Portlander. You know, I bike everywhere. I've never owned a car. Um, I biked up here tonight. And uh, it's good and it's bad. Like, Portland drivers are terrible, if you didn't know. Mostly because they're so they're too passive, actually. They're very passive. It's very uh, annoying. But you do occasionally get the opposite um, every once in a while. So this happened to me the other day. I was biking up to this intersection. And this car came zooming past me very aggressively, like honked their horn, clearly displeased. I was like, geez, sorry, didn't mean to hinder your progress towards this red light. It was a red light. I was like, okay, there's no reason you need to get to this red light faster. And then I was like, well, hold up, Ballet, you don't know them. Maybe they do. <laughs> like, what if, for example, you discovered a portal into another world. Okay, stay with me. Have you ever read the Golden Compass trilogy? Any of you guys? Oh man, you've gotta read those books. They're so good. There's this trilogy by Philip Pullman. Maybe some of your viewers have seen them, uh, or have read them, but uh, they're great books. In the second book, the main character discovers that there are these windows that lead into other worlds, like a rip in the atmosphere that leads to a parallel universe. So what if you discovered one of these windows at this intersection, and somehow you figured out that it was like connected to the traffic light, so whenever the light was red, the portal opened, and whenever the light changed, the portal closed, right? So you go through into this other world and it's totally awesome there's like cheese growing on the tree on the trees but it's like good cheese you know it's like manchego and smoked gouda and some kind of triple cream <coughs> and the branches are crackers so you can just hang out and eat good cheese and then this guy comes along and starts hanging out and he's pretty cute and he's funny he's got nice forearms you're totally hitting it off and then you look at the time and you're like shit I gotta go I have an appointment back in my world it's my annual pap smear and he's like uh, okay and you're like I, I don't know why I told you that that was an unnecessary detail and he's like no no I think women's reproductive health is really important and you're like well this guy is just fucking it and he's like, well, we should hang out and eat cheese again sometime. And you're like, we should eat a lot of things. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, my God, what am I saying? But it's fine because he finds you to be delightful and charming, which you are. So you make a date, and then you run off your pap smear, and then like a week later, you're hanging out at your house just eating spoonfuls of peanut butter out of the jar because you do that sometimes. And you realize you're late for your date. And you're like, shit, what am I doing? I got to get there. And you're a good Portlander, so you don't have a car because you bike everywhere. So you have to run to your roommate. You're like, hey, can you give me a ride? I'm late for my date. I need to get there. And he's like, sure, I'll take you. Where do we need to go? And you're like, the intersection of 15th and Main, but you have to get me there when the light is red. Huh? So what I'm saying is, if you are zooming past me to get to a red light... If it's because you have to jump out of the car, jump through the portal before it closes to meet a hot guy for a date in Cheese World, I get it. Go!
Godspeed. I mean, I'm rooting for you. But if that's not why you're doing that, fuck you. All right, you guys, uh, that's my time. Uh, so I'm going to get out of here. I'm Allie Rheingold. Thank you, guys. You ever feel like this is your life? Ouch. Cars are running into you, or running you off the road. You're gonna need the best insurance available. Talk to Ted. Come on by at Captain Ted's. We'll talk premiums, deductibles, all that insurance talk. Then, We'll get you on a low monthly payment to keep you on the road. Just dial a bunch of fives and a three and a four. 1-800-555-5534. We'll get you back on the road and help you stay there. Okay, we're back. We're back with Allie. Wow, that was a wonderful performance. Thank you. And uh, I, I just like to add that's uh, is uh, finally we've been plugging this as a comedy show for ages. You're our first official comedian. Wow, well, I'm so honored. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, if you don't mind, I'm, I'm glad you've joined us on the couch. Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit of how you found yourself? Uh, did you, did you start doing comedy in Pennsylvania or, uh, or did you no. come out here? Um, I mean, not really. I did theater growing up, and okay. um, in high school, I did musicals, and mm -hmm. I tended to always have a comedic role. So okay. I was the lead role in uh, Once Upon a Mattress when I was a junior, which is uh, like a retelling of The Princess and the Pea. Okay. Carol Burnett originated that role okay. in, on Broadway, so it's kind of a funny, kooky uh, character, and she's very brassy and does a lot of belting, uh, right. that kind of what was Carol Burnett an inspiration for you then growing yeah, up? Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't actually watch, uh, I didn't see much of the Carol Burnett show you know, growing up. You know, the old Tim Conway. But I knew, I knew of her and I knew how influential she, she was. And I actually, Steve, I don't know if you remember this, um, Carol Burnett came into uh, the restaurant where I used to work uh, oh, really? years ago when I first moved to Portland. Um, and I... Were you her server? I was at the time. I was I was a lowly hostess, um, but I did get to uh, kind of bring her to her table mm -hmm. with the menus. And I I said, you know, I was gonna play it cool, but I have to tell you, I was Princess Winifred in Once Upon a Mattress. And she's like, oh, wasn't that so much fun? <laughs> she touched me on the arm. Yeah, yeah. And then we talked a little, and I said, I just want you to know I appreciate strong women in comedy. Uh huh. And she said, thank you, and I said, thank you. Oh. And we had a meaningful... Yeah, a glare, a glance. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so that was very exciting. Generational handoff, maybe. Yeah. So, um, so you were carrying the mantle of Carol Burnett. Yes, yes. That, that well. was a very <laughs> fortuitous meeting then. Yeah, so that was um, very exciting. But so yeah, I did, I did comedy, um, and I did like a funny monologue. There was a monologue competition in my high school that I did, and I always did funny things in that. Well, um, now you were doing musicals before you got into comedy. Now, what took you into comedy over music? Did you ever play in any bands or? Anything? No, I never did. I was more of a singer. I took piano lessons growing up, but I never, I didn't really stick with it. Um, so I was more of a singer. Um, and I got to college and. Um, I was in a play my first, in uh, my freshman year and had another like a bit part, but it was kind of a funny part again. And then some people that I met through doing that play were in the sketch comedy group mm -hmm. and they encouraged me to try out, uh, my second year when I was a sophomore, they were like, okay. Oh, come audition. Cause they knew me from the, pl from okay. the play we'd done. So then I was in the sketch comedy group, yeah. uh, for the rest of college. And so that was my first real doing comedy. What was that comedy group called? That comedy group was called Lenny D um, at Carleton College. Carleton. I, I've heard of Carleton. Yeah, so that's in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Right, that's where right, I went. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like a big uh, audio school program and all that, right? Is they there? Do, I, I thought know. they do like radio people or something. They have a radio, I mean, they have a student run like radio uh, I station. like where the DJs come from. But well, maybe. I guess I I'm know. getting that mixed up with that Florida place or something. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> 
yeah, that's where I kind of started doing comedy, I guess. And then, but then I moved here right after college and didn't mm-hmm. do anything creative or performative really for like four years, um, just because I. I don't know, I was figuring out my life and just kind of getting to know a new city and making friends. And then after four years, I was like, what am I doing? I love to perform. I need to do this again. And yeah. I started taking improv classes at uh, that point. Okay. So I took almost two years of improv. In, in Portland? In Portland. Uh, any uh, theater groups in particular? Um, it was through a group called The Liberators. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was one uh, guy, John Breen, who is a member of The Liberators. Um, he's a great teacher. And they are a group that's been together for like a decade. It's just four, mm-hmm. four people in that group. But John Breen is the one who teaches uh, classes. Um, actually, another one teaches intro classes, too. So actually, Nicholas Kessler was the, my first teacher. And he teaches beginning improv. And then I advanced So I did that for almost two years, and I'm not really sure what it was that made me decide to try stand-up as Mm -hmm. opposed to improv. I think I started just thinking about what made sense for me personally and when I had felt my best, and it was often when I was on stage doing a monologue or giving a speech. Um, Improv depends on other people, mm -hmm. so you're you're kind of at the mercy of your troupe. Yeah, and I clearly, I just, I love being in the spotlight, so... Right. Stand-up makes a little more sense uh, for my more conceited sensibility. <laughs> um, but then I just decided to try it, and I got together a, a bit in my head and practiced it, and then I went out to an open mic, and I just... Yeah. That's how you start. You just go to an open mic, and I kept doing open mics, and... Uh, oh, well, so uh, that's you probably got a few years in now of that. What is... Uh, uh, the highs and lows. I've always been fascinated about that. Like, what's a, what's a high point versus a low point? I mean, like, I always pictured a low point. It's like that. You you got the best Western circuit, and there's like three people. I mean, I haven't done a lot of casinos or going on the road. I haven't really done that yet. I've been doing uh, stand up for almost three years, mm-hmm. but I haven't. I'm only just getting to the point where I, I've done a couple festivals now. So okay, right. I've gone out of the state to do comedy a, a couple times. What is the festival circuit like? Um, it's really fun. So yeah. I've only done a few, but I did my first one that I did was here in Portland. It was the All Jane Festival, which is an all women's comedy festival which is fantastic and so that's in october and i did that this last october um really fun to just you're meeting other comedians from all over the country and uh watching their sets and then partying with them afterwards and uh everybody's just funny and cool and that's that's really fun and then i did uh hell yes fest which is in new orleans so i did that um now, what is that about? It's just another comedy festival. A lot of comedy... Fe- there are so many comedy festivals that happen all over the country all the time, really. Have you been to New Orleans before that? I have. My brother actually okay. lives there. Oh, okay. So it was a great excuse to go visit him and my yeah. my little baby niece. Um, right. And so I could stay with them for free, which was nice. The thing about comedy festivals is uh, they don't pay you anything. You have to pay... If you get in, right. first you have to pay to apply. Then if you get in, you have to pay your way there. You have to pay for everything while you're there. And, and film and musicians as well. It's yeah. the fine arts in America. So you're just kind of paying for the opportunity to share your art and be seen and make connections and, mm-hmm. and do that. But it's really fun. So I, if you uh, build, do you build a camaraderie with the other people in this yeah, for sure. festival? Situation? Yeah, definitely. And they, a lot of them have like after parties and mm-hmm. they, you know, you kind of go make friends and just hang out and yeah, there's a lot of camaraderie. It's really fun. Uh, what's your favorite room in Portland to play? Um, I mean, it's always fun doing shows at Helium, which is mm-hmm. like the big the comedy club in town, uh, other than Harvey's, but Helium's great. And I always like getting on stage there. It's just a great room. And there's always a good audience who's there to laugh. It's not like you're doing a show in a bar where nobody's actually paying attention or people are talking in the background. Um, so that one's a great place. Uh, there are a couple really good shows that are at bars, but they do, they're really well run. So like Barbara Holm runs a show every Monday night in the basement of Eastburn. Oh, okay. And that's always, yeah, that's always a great show. Really, like, packed house, really fun show. I've had some of my most fun shows there. Joanne Schindlerly runs a great show on Sunday nights at the Alberta Street Pub. Okay. Um, I I was looking, doing some research. You do the Alberta Street Pub. 
I did that show. I did Joanne's show a couple okay. weeks ago, or yeah. last month, or I forget when. But I've done her show a couple times. I've done Barbara's show a couple times. Um, so yeah, every now and then I get asked to do you know a random show in town, and then I also co-host and co-produce um, a show that's weekly. That's every Thursday night um, at eight thirty at Splash Bar. Splat. Now where is Splash Bar? It's uh, a silly bar. <laughs> Tis a silly place. It is Ninth uh, and Cooch downtown. Ninth and Cooch. So it's downtown. near Powell's. And um, you are every Monday? Every Thursday. Every Thursday. Yeah, every Thursday around 8. If you show up around 8, every that's a good time Thursday. to get there. But the show usually starts around 8.30. Um, and we just have a rotating lineup of, of comedians uh-huh. from around town and from out of town, too. So I'm there every week. So I don't always Weekly? Have, now, that's yeah. got to be a lot of work with the material. To, are you, yeah. how, do you, how do you come about processing that? Well, of a lot routine? of what you start to learn when you just get into the scene is that you, you it's not expected that you're doing new jokes every single time you're on stage. You come up with a bit and then you try it out. You keep doing it. You kind of do it a, a lot, actually, in a number of places. You try it out at open mics and then... I'll probably, you know, I use my show as an opportunity to try out some new stuff. Um, And then you just kind of keep doing it until it gets kind of refined and you try different word choices or you see what kind of, it kind of tends to just settle out after a while and you find the wording that's right or whatever feels right. And then it just kind of, that's, I mean, ideally, I guess your bits are always changing uh, and you're always trying to improve them. But in my case, I found that they've kind of, they change more, a lot more at the beginning when I'm just trying them out and then they kind of find themselves along the way. So I'm not always performing new material and I like to switch it up mm-hmm. too. So week to week mm-hmm. I might do some material that I've been working on, but then I'll do an older bit right, and keep, try to keep it fresh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, yo, your, your act was wonderful. Thank uh, you. I, uh, I, uh, it does it, uh, is it is it uh, tough having relationships uh, and do they be I I don't want to get too personal but does that become part of the the, the yeah. routine in a way it can be helpful for material. I, Jamila, did you want? Oh, I, I better not bring her into this, but uh. especially with my failed history of romantic relationships, that's actually better for comedy. Nobody wants to hear a comedian say, yeah, I'm in a great relationship and everything's wonderful. That same reaction with music and songwriting. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, you can only write the turtles, you know, uh, happy together so many times right. and then it gets old. It's like, I'm sick of you being happy. Yeah. I want some blues. Yeah. I want some soul. I want some hate. Yeah. So half the time when I go on dates, I'm like, well, I mean, ideally it would be a good date and I would be really into it. But the other ideal is that it's terrible like so bad that it creates good material (laughs) um because the worst kind of date is where it's just fine but just kind of boring but not too bad Mm. i'd much rather have a really terrible date than just a mediocre date Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i've certainly used (laughs) yeah i mean everything i say is is more or less true i might embellish a few things here and there but like uh all of my bits are at least inspired by true life, so... Well, it's... Yeah, I, I quit reading fiction for the same reason. <laughs> it's just too too good. Yeah. There's too much classic stuff out there. Well, I, I think we're uh, we're getting close on the hour here, and I guess I have a little bit of some business to take care of here. Um, but uh, before I do that, uh, I, if you could hang out, Allie, we're going to sure. do a big sing-along at the end yeah. here. Um, and... Uh, Right now, we had a, one of our guests, David Farrell, uh, was on in our, our, our first episode of this season, uh, the January, and he had a film that he was working on. Um, I don't have that much information, but he, he, it's been screened last weekend, and it's out there, and uh, we're going to take a look at that. It's a, a short film.
Yeah. During their first shoot. Right. They were so high in mushrooms. And they right. They created a band called the Pink Snakes from the UK. Pink Snakes from the UK. Right. Mushrooms. Um, oh, we're back. We're back. Uh, we're back. And uh, speaking of mushrooms, uh, I think I had a memo I was supposed to get to here. Uh, let me see if I can find my notes. Um, thank you, David. Our producer, David Craig, in the studio. Thanks. Um, man, I'm getting old. Okay, uh, this is this is a memo on the. Um, did you guys see this yet? The uh, the regarding the company potluck ban. This memorandum is being issued in regards to the most recent gatherings of company personnel for a potluck get together. It seems a member of the Peasant Revolution Band brought to the event an example of indigenous cuisine that made of participants of the event sick, forcing one employee, the much-loved Andrew Papa Cap, into an early retirement situation. Yeah, um, this makes uh, the cancellation of Papa Cap's uh, retirement celebration equally disappointing. Um, due to the behavior exhibited by a member of the band, it was forced upon the senior members of the Lucentric media staff what? to make the decision to ban all members of the Peasant Revolution ban, including Jeff Dodge, and also all staff associated with the Peasant Revolution ban variety hour. Did you see this, David? From attending any future and further potluck gatherings, as well as a possible associated or leftover cake in the break room happenings until further notice. I I admit that might have been mine. Um, it is with regret that I have to deliver this memo, but actions and resulting circumstances have left me no other option. Silas Morgan Stearns, Vice President, Lucentric Media. Well, Silas. That's what I have to say, Silas. We'll throw our own gosh darn potlucks. We got Jamila Hart Entertainment here to cater us. And we'll, we'll just, you know, I... Uh, I can make pizza. Do you guys, do you have a dish that you work on, Rich? Or? Yeah, I like to make a uh, shepherd's pie. Shepherd's pie. Shepherd's pie. And Steve will bring his, I guess the mushroom casserole thing's probably out. What? Well, I know. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good myself. but. Um, well, uh, you know, and on that note, I was, uh, I saw something there about, uh, I guess, uh, Papa Cap, uh, well, we, I think we got something on this. Hang on a second. There's footage, some footage materialized. Let's take a look at that. Just a quick little thing. Okay, and we're back. We're back. Uh, that was uh, that was a mess. Uh, that was a mess. Um, I don't know what happened, Papa. You know, and then I don't know if you guys heard this, but he's got another job over at Darge Productions Channel. Can you believe that? Yeah, yeah, right. What? I mean. You know, the hell you screw up that bad and you get promoted? Man, where are we living? Anyway, um, well, I think we're going to uh, take another commercial break here, but we're going to be closing out here pretty quick with mm -hmm. the uh, final number. Um, and uh, just as soon as we get back from this quick little message from our sponsors. I'm Danny Batch, owner and president of Bashers Towing. I took over the business when my husband was killed by a drunk driver in a work-related accident. Thanks, Budweiser. I'm here to tell you we're the best in the business. We'll tow your ride so you can get it fixed and get your life back. Bachelor's Towing, we'll hook you up.
are back. Yes, uh, and uh, we're back. And um, I just want to uh, thank Allie for coming, uh, Rana, uh, and uh, I. You know this uh, new mayor we have, Ted Wheeler. I haven't seen him. I, if you, I haven't seen him anywhere. I, I'll tell you who I have seen. I've seen Charlie Hales because hey. I go and look up his picture and look for. Hey Jeff, Jeff, say goodnight, Jeff. What? Good night, Jeff. The gasworks wall. I dreamed a dream by the old canal. I kissed my girl by the factory wall. A dirty old Thank <laughs> you.